Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have special guests Adam the Creator and Luke, a.k.a. Darth Lark of the Dark Knight Minute. Welcome, guys. Hello. 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 <laughs> oh, hello. It's, it's, we're having some fun. We're having some fun. Yeah, we're very excited to have you guys, Darth and, uh, and Adam. Thank you so much for, for, coming, for coming on down to Gobbler's Knob with us. Yeah, we're glad to be on. Yeah. And we've asked you here to talk about, what are we talking about? We're talking about Minute 94. So Dave, what's going on Minute 94? Minute 94, Phil and Rita say they're happy, and we get a very subjectively rewarded kiss between them. Uh, Then it starts to snow as they walk through the park, and the clock rolls to 6 a.m., and there you have it. All I got you, babe, plays again, so I guess we're just repeating the day again. Oh, there it is. Yep. You know the drill. There you go. Mm-hmm. Back, <laughs> back to the grindstone. Back to work for, uh, for poor old Phil here. So, all right, yeah. So obviously we're at minute ninety four, and what's happened beforehand is is that she has won the bet, or not the bet, but the auction, mm-hmm. the three hundred dollars she put up to have her date with Phil, and then he made it. And just a minute ago, he was finishing up her beautiful face as an ice sculpture. So. Like I said, the movie lets us know by the music and everything this is romantic. But I'm still in the argument is that I don't know why this Rita is not like you know as hesitant as the other Ritas we've had in the in the past of this film. Like like you guys were mentioning before we started talking, how you weren't sure that like oh this Rita she's gonna you know she thinks that you know she's gonna slap him because he's being a pervert. It's like no, he isn't being a pervert here. But still, this is like. Only been thirty six hours that she's known this guy, so yeah, yeah. It's funny because I didn't rewatch the whole movie uh, before um, watching just these minutes and watching just this minute. At first, when he's like, "I'm happy now because I love you," and she's like, "I think I'm happy now," and I'm like, "You think you're happy? Why do you only <laughs> think that?" But then I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute! This has only been one day." Okay. <laughs> Her just thinking she's happy is warranted. <laughs> yeah. That's that's definitely like some line I've definitely said on a date that's already probably gone south. I just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm happy. She's probably like, oh, dump this guy. Yeah. <laughs> dump this chump. I'm like, it was so nice. We walked around. We held hands. But uh <laughs> That that is an odd thing to but, say. Just in you know, just to come out with in general, but particularly on a first date, you just yeah. say, "I'm I'm happy." Like, oh, that's good. I'm glad you're happy. Nice. Um, <laughs> and though I do, like, this isn't so bad. And we kind of, I don't know, we we poke fun or we send some questions Rita's way to just kind of like, why why the sudden turnaround? Why are you falling for this guy mm-hmm. after only knowing him for one day? Though I will say to point out when he says, "I'm happy now because I love you." She just says, I think I'm happy too. She doesn't follow up with the second part of, of his thought. She doesn't say, I'm happy too and I love you too or anything like that. She just kind of ignores that part of the sentiment yeah, and just yeah. says, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, 
No. I, uh, I hate Fudge Rita should should like should show up right about now. <laughs> because you love me, like she should just say that. Because like, okay, uh, let me get let me get you guys up again to speed on this final day. He spent all of like ten, barely five minutes with her because he does the, his beautiful speech at Gobbler's Knob. Everyone's like, "Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful!" And then he, immediately she's like, "Oh wow, Phil, that was great!" Like, cup of coffee. And he's like, "No, I gotta run some errands." She's like, "Errands?" And then it cuts to him just doing all the errands. He's doing all the nice things. Yeah. And then it cuts to at the dance. He's there at the piano. They have they barely have half a dance. Like, I mean, you didn't show him like time dance. It's like forty seconds of actual. <laughs> physical dance yeah. between the two of them before the auction starts and then and then she's like yeah three hundred dollars yeah that's 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 good and it's like and it's like three hundred dollars and we under the pretense of it's three hundred dollars because she demands to know like what's going on and really he doesn't say anything because he's like oh hold on come out here i gotta i gotta sculpt some ice okay well i spent three hundred dollars i kind of like to you know get you know understand what's going on and then he's like no, no no it's fine i love you you know like that's it's a lot to take in. The movie tries to sneak it by us. It's trying. It's like sneaking, <laughs> sneaking under the wire. I'm like, ah, I caught you. No, 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 no. I hate Fudge Rita would be on that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just so funny to look at this in that paradigm of everybody but him is in here just for this day. Mm-hmm. And... Yes. They have got to be thinking, this is the weirdest guy in the world. Have you guys tried to figure out how many times he's actually done this? Or do they do this kind of weird thing where, like, they show a bunch and then, like, they imply that he's done it several more times than that, even? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of implication. It's a lot of trying to, you know, to put a number on it, we'd have to, like, how many... You know, how many practices, how long does it take till he can sculpt her face out of snow and kind of know what everyone's going to say and everything? There's there's obviously a lot that happens to Phil and a lot that he does that we don't see. Yeah, it's just so many things to take to memory of that. You know, he knows what's going to happen then and then he knows what will happen when he does the thing, does this thing. He will then know the consequence of that thing. And then, you know, he, yeah, you know, and then, and we believe what he says. I've seen I've seen um uh what was the movie again Sean? Uh, Heidi, Heidi 2. Oh, Heidi 2. <laughs> I'm like you mean Groundhog Day that movie? Day? No. When he says I've seen this movie a hundred times, me and Sean yeah really believe he spent nights just watching that movie ending his day out. Um and then, Yeah, and that's that's pretty early in the movie. That's at the point where he's still evil Phil who's trying to seduce all the women in town. Yeah. And even at that point he's like, yeah, I've seen this movie over a hundred times. Yeah, it's really funny because I was just having a conversation with my brother like right before our recording and he actually raised the same question up like how how long was he in this time loop for? And like he just said a number like, you know, probably like a thousand years or something mm-hmm. like that. I I think I've heard even higher from like online speculation. Uh, and yeah, like in order for you to like practice and perfect like the piano the ice sculpting and all the other skills that he develops like doesn't he get like the equivalent of a phd just through studying at the library or something (laughs) i'm trying to remember if that happened a couple minutes ago but yeah it yeah it must have been a long long time and kind of makes sense that he would go insane like 
halfway through. Right. Yeah, I mean, it had to be long enough for him to kind of go crazy and then come back. Yeah. Um, so we actually, we have two... I, I Well, I, I hesitate. I was going to say definitive, but they're just the filmmakers. What do they know? Um, we have we have two numbers from people that were involved in the production. Um, and I think one, we've, we've mentioned this before a couple times over the course of, of the movie, and that's um, Harold Ramis, when he was directing the film, kind of he, he was thinking of it in terms of about 10 years. Phil spends about 10 years in Punxsutawney. That was the number in, in his head. Um, we actually do get a number from uh, Danny Rubin, who wrote the original screenplay and then worked with Ramis, you know, to revise it for what, what we eventually got in the movie. But uh, and this I don't think we've mentioned before in the podcast. So um, so if you if you if you stuck with us this far to minute 94, where you, you are, you will be rewarded with some additional information. 94, 94, 94. In, yeah, nice <laughs> um, in the. The original screenplay, or the first version of the screenplay from Ruben, the um, the the final uh, big banquet or the final big party that we saw last week uh, was was actually put on by Phil. He puts on a, a quote unquote birthday party for himself, and and people ask how old he is, and he says two hundred and sixty three, two hundred and sixty three yeah. years. Hmm. Which, um, which would be something well, and it would be something like ninety six thousand days, if you just two sixty three times three hundred sixty five and a quarter for for the leap years. Now I don't know if that's saying if is Phil saying he's been in the loop for two hundred sixty three years, or let's say he was forty when they came to Punxsutawney, and then he's been in Punxsutawney for. 223 years like is he adding his original age but it, you know it, it it's not a huge difference because he was not hundreds of years old when he got into town so yeah. he's something like between like 220 and 263 years and the way he figured that is in the original screenplay there's a big bookshelf in the the bed and breakfast in the cherry street inn where he's staying and every day he reads one page and that's how he keeps track of time reading one page from a book and then moving to the next book and so on and then when he gets to the end of the last book on the last shelf he adds up the number of pages in all the books and throws himself a birthday party um so yeah so again in that original screenplay the number that phil says is he's 263 years old so which is probably something closer because a lot of the yeah the, the 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 it's closer to the different uh, estimates and assessments that people have done online that they mostly go with the 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 ten thousand hours idea of well he's going to be an expert piano player for him to play at the banquet and he's got to be he's got to know ice sculpture and and chainsaw carving and all those other things where you kind of add up all the time each of those things would take usually it's in like the hundreds or thousands of years but uh. So yeah, so that's something like ninety six thousand days if we go by that two hundred and sixty three years number, which would seem like yeah. I mean, if you if you need enough time to go crazy and and find your way back again, that seems like it would be enough. Man, that's that's a lot to take in, <laughs> and like, and <laughs> yeah. back then, like, the funniest thing is what popped into my head is 
what if you were trying to beat a video game? At the end of the day, you'd have to reset <laughs> every single time. So yeah, you'd have to either get really good to beat the game by the end, or you'd never be able to beat it if it were a game like, say, Skyrim. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, well, now you kids know what we had to go through back in the day. That, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. that, that NES, that old Nintendo, there was no way to save the game. That uh, Atari 2600, there was no saving your game. You, had to, you left the thing on overnight and hoped no one hit the light switch to turn it off if you wanted to resume <laughs> your game. Hmm. And also, also then we finally had passcodes, which was sort of like the save points of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And passcodes. <laughs> and, oh, and then now you have emulators with save states, and so you just save and you know you oh, keep yeah. it doing it over and over and over again until you finally get to the next part. Save state, and then, yeah, it's... It's got. They've got it easy. It, it's almost as if they have a their own Groundhog Day in the game now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely makes. Yeah, it definitely. I was, I was playing some of my like Sega Genesis games like on the emu- on an emulator, and it definitely makes games like uh, like Jungle Strike a lot easier. Where you're like, I hope my helicopter doesn't get shot down this level. Now it's like you don't. Ma- it doesn't matter. You just just reload it up like no problem. Yeah. <laughs> hope my Apache doesn't get blown up. Um, <sighs> <laughs> and, and we're talking. So we're talking about games. See, that's one of the theories I brought with Sean earlier in this film. Is that um, you know before Phil knows to become a good person, I still think like you know him. I still think one of the things in his mind was he he would be trying to figure out like what he needs to do, um, you know, in this town. And so I think that you can add time where outside of him becoming an expert on things, is he would have studied every corner of this town. Like he would have checked. To make sure there wasn't some secret thing hide, because it's like once you once you allow the possibility that your days are repeating, like think of like is there like some magic cube I gotta find? You know, like like what goes to your mind once you realize, like uh the the one thing you thought that was a constant time, um is no longer with you. Like time will always be repeating. So mm-hmm. add in add yeah. in like the, how long you think it would take you to study and check out every corner house room uh in, in the town to like to looking and also then probably do- talk with every person in the town trying to figure out if there's a secret that you're supposed to figure out you know that's what probably what phil was doing for that we didn't see in this film he's doing these before he realizes that you know rita kind of talks sense into him and realizes that hey you you look at it as a good thing and be a good person and and like I said, the movie wants us to feel rewarded with this kiss. I still don't feel it because though Phil has learned a lot, you know, Rita is still the woman he that she met this guy only yesterday. And it's just, yeah. you know, he throws love around and it's like, it's kind of like a, it's, it's Chekhov's love where it's like he said it first <laughs> and then she freaks yeah. out. He says it now and she doesn't even, she doesn't question this love. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we barely even talked today, and you, all you did was was bitch and moan in the van the entire way up here. Right. But so I, I will, and <laughs> this is kind of turning into me playing Rita's advocate. Fine, you but I'll, I'll, advocate. I'll, I will. I'll, I'll throw in. I, I've got this. Is not my last thing. I've got a third thing later, but um, or maybe maybe not later for whenever. But I will just uh, in in uh, well defense of this Rita and also defense of the filmmaker. The way you know. Well, first part of it is at the end of last minute. So Rita, um, you know, Phil shows Rita 
the the ice sculpture of her face. Rita says, it's lovely. I don't know what to say. And then Phil says, I do. And at that point, and, and even now, having seen the movie lots of times, he kind of steps forward. He moves towards Rita. And I always expect the kiss at that point. It seems like, you know, she says, I don't know what to say. He says, I do. And then he kisses her. But he doesn't. He actually, when he says, I know what to say, he then says something. And that's, you know, it comes up with the line, no matter what happens tomorrow or for the rest of my life, I'm happy now because I love you. And then she says, I'm happy too. And then they kiss. So I kind of like that the, he doesn't go for the kiss right away. He, or he doesn't go for, he doesn't step in at, at what I think is the first opportunity for a kiss. So he does wait. He's a little more patient. And the other thing, the second part, I think the bigger part is he's okay. Yes. He's saying, I love you to someone that he barely knows he's from her perspective. He barely knows he's barely spent any time with her. They just met yesterday. They really just have the van ride with Larry to, to get to know each other. But the difference between this, I love you. And the first, I love you is, He's just kind of putting it out there. Mm. It's just kind of a statement. And he's not asking anything from her. Whereas it was obvious that other I love you was, I got you up to my room. I'm asking you to stay the night. We already kind of did a little canoodling on the, the love seat there. Like it's obvious he's saying I love you as part of a series of actions and statements to try to get her into bed. This, I love you, they're, they're not in his room. He's not asking her to come up to her room. He's not really asking anything from her. So I, I, I would, so maybe internally she's kind of weirded out. She's like, I, this is good. I'm having fun. I'm happy. I enjoy being with this person. But yeah, it does seem a little bit early for the I love you. But she doesn't need to, there's, there's nothing that, necessitates her vocalizing that at this point she may be thinking it but again he's not asking anything from her he's not obviously outwardly explicitly trying to get her into bed he's just kind of putting it out there as a statement of fact this is how i feel you know where you know so the first scene she has to respond because she's in his room and he's trying to get all handsy with her so when he says i love you she has to respond here he's putting it out there and yeah, you know, certainly internally, if she doesn't feel weird at all, yes, that's an issue. But I can say, well, maybe she feels the same way here, but because the I love you is being presented in a different way, she doesn't feel the need to object out loud. Was that, yeah. that make you feel any better about this, Rita? Does that help at all? <laughs> no? All right. The, I kind of go back to that thought of, you know, how many of these days have we not seen? Mm -hmm. And how many times has he tried to refine this exact thing? Yeah. Because, I mean, for whatever um, reason, uh, another movie comes into mind similar, uh, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yep. And... just as many times as he has to like, and I mean, what we were talking about video games before, he just had to redo that beach scene over and over and over again and figure out where every enemy was, just like you do in a video game. 
And I almost wonder if Phil has like, we haven't seen it, but he has like played out this like exact day, very similar. And like tonight is the night he got the line just right mm-hmm. to land with her so that, you know, she may feel a little weird inside, but not to the point where she like rejects him. So, I mean, yeah. there, just because we have no idea how long he's been in the loop, what we're missing, we don't know how many times he's had to say this to get it just right. Yeah, I mean, and, and they don't, I mean, by my count, we've seen 35 different Groundhog Days. So obviously, there's a lot more that we didn't see than we do see. But you're right, and it's something I have to keep reminding myself. And it's, and I think it, it's part of why this this movie works so well why the casting of bill murray is so important that it has to be you know this character of phil has to be someone that we like even though we know he's a jerk and that's kind of bill murray all mm-hmm. the kind of all the things i've heard about bill murray as a person all the interactions is he's a lovable jerk i mean apparently he's he's great to fans he does crazy things he you know photo bombs he crashes weddings and stuff like that he's a lot of fun to have around but at the same time he's supposedly like notoriously unreliable that basically if he shows up he's great but there's no guarantee he's going to show up that and and um you know we we've talked about there were issues with the filming of this movie that that he and ramus had been very close and and this was their sixth collaboration and then they ended up not talking for decades after this because of, of something that happened on set. So, you know, it has to be someone that, you know, we know he's a jerk, but we still like him. And and I think that's that's true of Bill Murray as a person. And it's certainly true of this character of Phil. And he he does seduce me. And I think there was one I, I can't remember. I think there was one minute where we said or at least I said all right, I think this is the first one minute in the loop where I felt like, okay, this, you know, Phil seems legitimately surprised. I think this is really the first time this has happened for him. But everything else, I have to constantly remind myself, you know, usually you see a movie and most movies, the, the, the timing's very linear and things, we see things as they happen. But here we, we don't know. Because we we know Phil's lying. We know Phil is pretending things are happening for the first time when they aren't. And we know he has practice runs and he gathers intelligence to plan mm. what he's going to do on the next loop and the next day. And, we you know, we've seen, again, going back to that, the, the first date night with Rita, we saw that loop and we saw all the many times that she had to slap him after that started kind of going wrong you know those those dates didn't end the way he wanted them to or didn't end the way this one's ending so yeah we we don't know it seems to be per you know the or set up here for us to believe that this is genuine and real and this is the kind of the first time through but we know this film lies to us or, or deceives us maybe that's better than than saying lie we know that deceives us we know phil is a deceiver and deceives us so we yeah that's fair to question we don't know how many times he went through this um and and how many times he's played with what am i gonna say and when am i gonna say it and you know maybe there was maybe there was yesterday the thing i was just saying when 
when when Rita says, I don't know what to say, and he says, I do, and he kisses her, and then it goes all wrong. And so this time he's like, okay, maybe I was too early on the kiss. Let me say something when she says she doesn't know what to say. And, you know, and, and then we kiss. And this is just another another loop for him. I still say I, I, I don't like that this part of the day is repeated. I would like this to be a unique thing that he does, does with her. I don't like it that he's seen her bid on him 300 times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that he's had her sit there. Like, I think he was sculpting her face without her being there. Is what I mean. Is that, so he this is the first time he's ever done it in front of her. I like to believe that. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah. that. And that. Yeah. I could see like that's something he worked. You know, he spent a couple of years just working on his own. It didn't show that to her to till till he was ready. Well, this goes back to again going back to that first date night when they're dancing in the gazebo, and it starts snowing. Like if it didn't snow then, and it snowed now then that might lead us to think, oh, it's snowing. We, you know, we know the blizzard is out of town, that they can't leave town because of the blizzard, but it never snowed in town before. So maybe this is something new and it's some indication that this is a new day. And I think I said it at the time. I'm like, I, I, this is a nice scene, but I wish it didn't snow. I wish the snow didn't happen till the end. And then we could be like, oh, maybe this is all first time stuff. Something's different. But no. We've we've seen it snow before, so yeah. There's there's, I don't know. I won't say there's nothing in this scene, but there's nothing I've picked up on that says this is this must be the first time this has happened. This can't be. This isn't something that Phil has set up. Like he yeah. set up everything else. We don't know. There's there's it's not there. Or, you know, listeners out there, feel free to correct us on uh, Gobbler's Knob or Facebook listeners group or, or on Twitter at Groundhog Minute, if there's something you pick up on that indicates this is the first time. But otherwise, yeah, we, you know, that the boy who cried wolf, Phil has tricked us so many times in the past. I think we can be forgiven for being a little bit skeptical. Yeah. And maybe I'm kind of on the side of um, being less uh, cynical about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reason why is we're going to have to kind of pull away from the minute by minute, um, structure and like see it as a as his overarching character development and so it, it you know it just seems like you know this is kind of the last day when he you know seems to be doing something very authentic like maybe the first authentic thing he's ever done and i could be wrong on that uh of course maybe his Maybe maybe him being a jerk is him being authentic or but maybe it's there's some but the, I feel like there was something very different about this last day, you know, where he it, it almost seemed as if he's like, you know what, I've accepted the fact that I'm just going to be stuck in this time loop forever. I'm going to make the best day that I can make for everybody in this town and I'll, you know, however many times that it takes for me to get that day, you know, I'm going to try and get it because you know i i keep thinking about like what is it that helps him keep going other Mm -hmm. than the fact that he has to because he's tried killing himself over and over again from what we learned earlier um and the only thing that i can think of is that he's found some sort of way of honing this time loop and giving himself purpose to it because i mean this isn't something that's 
necessarily fun. I don't think this would be something anybody would wish upon themselves. I mean, sometimes maybe when you're thinking, oh, I just don't have time. If only I had a day to repeat over and over again so I can get these things done. Um, but I just think, uh, you know, there there must be something driving him, you know, some, mm-hmm. something, some sort of a purpose that he has other than uh, self selfish desires, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I'll, uh, I think that that kind of uh, leads me to the, the, my point that I alluded to earlier and it's something about uh, Phil and it, it's a build on something, uh, a remark that Ramus makes during the, uh, the director's commentary in the Blu-ray. Mm. Uh, Harold Ramis makes a comment that there was a uh, a journal a journal article uh, written about the movie and, and written about Phil um, and sort of his from like a, a psychology or therapy point of view. And the article makes the note that Phil hasn't really grown because because um, of it's the it's the love of Rita that that is making him happy and he kind of still needs someone else he still needs a woman or he still needs or he feels like he needs a relationship in order to be happy um and it's funny phil's re- or sorry uh harold ramus's reaction to that is uh to him it feels like hair splitting uh, which i thought was amusing but but to me i think i don't think it's fair because I mean, Phil is saying he's happy because he loves Rita, but he's not expecting anything from her. He's not saying I'm happy because you love me or you or what you might do for me. You know, if he's and and we don't really see it, but let's say Rita slaps him and says, how do you you don't know? You know, how can you love me? You don't know me. And I hate fudge and yuck. And, you know, let's say this Rita went back and was that other Rita and she just walks away and she rejects Phil. I think we don't know for sure, but I think there's an opening here to think that Phil might still be happy that he might just stand there and go, you know what? I love her and I'm happy. And her react, you know, my actions are going to depend on her actions. So if she doesn't love me, I'm not going to pursue her. And obviously we're not going to spend the night together. So, her feelings do affect me, but her feelings don't change the way I feel and her feelings don't change my happiness. So I think you can be, you can be a healthy, independent person and still be happy because of the existence of someone else. If he's just, I'm happy because I know that this wonderful Rita exists, that's good. Now to say, I'm only happy if Rita's doing stuff for me or I need read it a feel a certain way about me then you can say well that's dependence and maybe that's not healthy but i don't know if we necessarily see this here this could be healthy this could be just i'm you know i, I speaking as phil like just knowing this kind generous wonderful person exists and she's out there that that's enough to make me happy no matter how she feels about me you know so i'm just i mean and and I realize that's that's you know there is some philosophical contortion to give Phil every benefit of the doubt here, but why not? Why not give him the benefit of the doubt? I don't know. I would have wrote and directed this. Thing better. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, maybe not. I would have wrote it better, would have directed it better, and I'm just going to state that as a fact. <laughs> and also, I just, I, I would have, I would okay with, I would like to have an extra few more minutes rather than cutting to the clock. I actually would like to have... I don't know. Maybe I want the I want the conversation as they walk away because I could see you'd see people in the background like probably leaving the probably leaving the the Groundhog Day ball. Probably this festival the festival has ended, and so everyone's walking home. And I would just like I don't know them walking on a few more waves to the last people, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of I don't. Know, I like to have a conversation. Hell, let's joke about the three hundred dollars that she blew on him. You know, like. Like, like maybe she's like, show me a bed and yeah. breakfast or something like that. And then he could. How are you going to earn your keep? How are you going to earn that 300? You know? And, and he's like, oh, the ice sculpting wasn't good or this. Yeah. And she could say, like, oh, well, show, show me that. You know, she could. If she. If fine. If you want to have her, like, kiss him and stuff. And, like, and because of the next few minutes, like, let's let's lean into this. Let's really lean into this. And let's have Rita say to Phil, show me the bed and breakfast. You can have her say the lines of, like, hey, you know, I. Uh, I, you know, I I was the one who put the reservation. I like to see it, and then him saying like you know, uh, well, what if I trashed it? Aren't you gonna have you're gonna have to uh, you got know, to have the studio cover for it, and you know you blew all your money. Just something like that. I don't know. I I think I would like to have a little bit, so you have a little bit more joke to kind of like, I don't know, because I think this room this like it's really heavily romantic, and then we cut to the next day. I actually kind of would like to like diffuse it, like Phil's happy, also just kind of shooting the shit with her on the street yeah. and then to be really surprised that uh you know she's in bed with him i think that would be cool you don't have to show him yeah. going inside with her but like a little walk like them leaving the town because it's like our last time it's kind of like our last time in the town so mm-hmm. i kind of would like the like like the, like like that was it stand by me or something like that where everyone's kind of walking away where it's like everyone's like leaving gobbler's knob at night Everyone's going home, and you can wave to Buster. You're like, oh, Buster went this way. You know, I'm not saying we have. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying we have the overall narration like in the film, but I'm, what I'm saying is that like, you kind of see everybody kind of go home, and you know, a few people. You can see like, uh, you know, uh, you can see Doris. You know, see Nancy. Maybe you know, is like, is it? You see, you see Larry going off with the ladies or something. Like little, 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 little joke about that. Yeah. Well, I, and. and- just to to support your point that you just to, to the need for just a little bit more like some extra dialogue between Phil and Rita or a little extra scene oh, oh I, ha- I had no how I do is that he goes I'm, I'm happy because uh, I because uh, I was spending this day uh, in Punxsutawney with you so yeah. and then and then they, they they do a little a little kiss and then a hug okay okay and then he mouths and I love you silent. And, it's, and mm-hmm. it's, we only see him saying it behind her because he, he knows that if right. he said it out loud, it would it would upset kind her. of freak her out. Yeah, but he but oh, he, like, but, but that yeah. phrase and also I think it focuses the town more. I think it focuses the town is changing, not just Rita, but the town. The town. Because I said like mm. this, he spent more. I think he wins this day and goes to the next day not because of Rita, but because of the town. Like, I right. think that's the focus of the movie. I think the movie stumbles here, and I'm, I'm going to call out Kep on that, and when we have on the podcast, I'll say, look, well, this is where you were wrong, factually, and I have the I have evidence. <laughs> but no, um, uh, but that's what I think. I feel like I feel like I feel better with this movie if it's a town that changes him, he, and, and, and the people, 
people change him. Not one person, but people change him. And Reed is obviously like the most mm-hmm. uh, uh, optimistic of the people. But I think I would like it actually is them holding hands, walking away from town. And it says we keep we keep like he said he we and he mouths it enough. You know we we kind of know what how the word love is like said and yeah, and, and yeah. by by mouth like people said it enough. So like we could say like and you know you go oh, we we know he said it. But I said she doesn't freak her out. We have the hug. It's a little kiss, hug that. Then they walk. I mean we cut them leaving Gobbler's Knob. But I think it's better. And I said it's better at least for me that we kind of get like maybe an aerial shot of like them kind of leaving the town, the Gobbler's Knob for the final time. That you know the audience doesn't know that yet. And then, you know, and then we, we kind of like, we kind of, we kind of dissolve the, 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 the love emotion with like more friendly chat, you know, it's like she's, and we get like, we get more dialogue of her, you know, like maybe her and he's kind of answering some of the questions, but not doing the whole, I'm a God and I lived a, yeah. a million days where he's just like, oh, I saw him. You know, he says it like really passive, like, oh, I was just, you know, I was passing by. I saw that one. Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I remember, and he, yeah, fine. He lied to her, but it's like white lies. And then, the, then she could say like, "Take me to the bed and breakfast." So it's kind of like because we say we we see them walk off, we and we don't really know where they are. And I guess it makes it the surprise better if Phil wakes up, you know, alone at first. But I actually kind of would like it if she says, "I take," you know, rather than her leading her there, she says, "I want to go there." You know, then I'd be a little bit. I said, "I'm I'm warming up to." <laughs> we're I said we're building into it and we're slowly leaning to it rather than saying "I love you" to her face. It's her, like, actually feeling compassion for a co-worker that she's only known for 24 hours. Yeah. Well, that, that her questioning kind of – that's what I was thinking because we saw – so back in the banquet when everyone's coming up and, and thanking Phil for all his good deeds that day. And she's like, you know, what what happened today? And he's like, well, do you want the long ver- – you know, the short version or the, the long version? Yeah. She's like, well, let's start with the short and go from there. Oh, that's it. She says and a then- line. She says a line. I think I'm ready for the long version of that story now. Yeah. So, but but then I think I think at that point it cuts right to then Buster's like, oh, bachelor auction yes. and everything else. Like we never see yeah. him explain. So maybe like that would justify like why is she not freaked out? Like you've you met me yesterday. Yep. We've spent maybe three hours together, and it you know maybe maybe six hours with if you include like the banquet and the whole evening and everything. But yet he knows her face well enough that he can carve it out of snow with his eyes closed. And yeah, it just doesn't make sense that yeah. – I mean, well, none of it makes sense from Rita's point of view. Yeah. But it like – she should be freaking out over the whole thing. But if she knew at least he – you know, if he – if she knew that he thinks he's been in this time loop and he's known her for a thousand years, that might explain why he knows her face so well and why he thinks – he loves her and everything else. Like at least it softens the blow of those things that she seems to not be shocked by. Yeah. But we met, yeah, we don't see the short version, yeah. but yeah, if she, if yeah, even if it's just not even a whole scene, just as they're walking away into the night, yeah. we hear a, vo- a word from her where she's like, okay, now I'm ready for the long version. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to like kind of set up that. Yeah. She, you know, they've talked about what's been going on. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, we don't see other than we see him saying, well, there's a long version, a short version, but we don't see anything else. We don't know. We, we can kind of think, assume, all right, they've spent some time together. There's been some conversation, but we don't know what. Yeah. yeah. Guys, what do you think? Dark Knight boys, what do we think? <laughs> yeah. How do you, what do you think, sirs? Um, <laughs> I, I, I like yeah. it. 
Yeah, I think I think you bring up some good points. Yeah. All right, good. Release the palace cut. That's what we're going to get hashtag going. Release, release <laughs> the, the alternate ending that was never filmed nor written until now. Yeah. <laughs> I like it uh, just because you could. Yeah, I think it would make it a little more on the believable side, and it would. Yeah, because this seems like for him not spending the whole day with her mm-hmm. and. Like you guys said, only knowing him for maybe 48 hours, this is kind of a jump to the I love you. And yeah, for her to take it as well as she does is kind of weird. So those little things that you suggested we add in, I think would lead to this moment making a little more sense. And I I honestly, I'm telling you, it makes the ending minutes like easier to swallow because I now after all of our discussions and studies, watching the end, I really don't like it as it stands. I do not like it because Rita, like it's like Rita was huffing paint and she's just like, <laughs> wait, okay. yeah, and I'm just like, no, Rita, you should be asking questions, like because I don't, I just don't believe that they, she, I don't, I said. Show me, show me in the footage where she was like, "Let me long, long story of that version. Let me see the long, you know, like, tell me the story." You know, we just have them kind of walk off, and I just don't think they talked about anything like that. It just doesn't feel like it. So yeah, well, I think you guys get uh, some of this as well in in the the Dark Knight movies where the relationships, not necessarily the Batman stuff, but the relationships that Bruce Wayne has, and those are. They're more action movies. They're they're more focused on the the Batman stuff. But there seem there's stuff that's going on with Bruce Wayne and his relationships with women that there there's obviously stuff that they're not showing us that we kind of had just either have to assume or kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah, Bruce's relationships are a whole other thing. Like our <laughs> our ending, well, second to our penultimate scene with Rachel and Bruce in the ruins of Wayne Manor, that was that was a whole mess all in and of itself. We went into some detail on how messed up we think Rachel is with Bruce there. <laughs> oh yeah, we we totally think she's she deserved to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, They're fine be harsh. Him like a fiddle, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so so speaking of which, if uh, so, if our listeners want to hear more from you guys and want to hear your opinions about Rachel and, and the other women in Bruce Wayne's life, um, where can they find you? Well, our website is geekmindfusion.com and it has all of our episodes there. You can also find us at Dark Knight Minute on all podcatchers and on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Dark Knight Minute and you'll be able to find us. All right. So was every, everybody feel good? Have we have we covered minute ninety four? I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I'm good. I think that's the last of like honestly. I don't even like. I don't even write notes anymore. I write three <laughs> sentences and I go. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna pick something and just rant. Like that's yeah. that's it now. Like, right. like my, you just des- you just described how I do all my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah. Well, it's like it's like for month one the notes are like oh let me intricate ideas and now at the end it's like. 
Focus on this, yell, and argue with Sean. Got it. Cool. Got it. That's, that's the minute. And there it is. Yeah. Well, so as as we wrap up minute ninety four, we see we see that clock flip over to six a.m. six double zero. We see the mints lined up dutifully next to the clock, and we hear the uh, yeah. The dulcet tones of Sonny and Cher. I got you, babe. Yeah, so. I like like I said, let's <sighs> just save for tomorrow. There's nothing eventful. It's just the day repeating <laughs> over, Sean. So yeah, let's just an, an, another day on Punxsutawney. Just, another Groundhog Day. Another Groundhog Punxsutawney Day. Let's just, exactly. Let's just push it off till tomorrow. All right. So that is it for us. Uh, thank you once again to, to Adam and Luke for joining us. And thank you listeners for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. If there is one.